Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. We are in our last few episodes of season three, y'all. If you're new here, remember, you can trust me. I'm a double board certified OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist who practices in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, really, Marietta. And I look forward to recording this podcast every single week to give y'all solicited and unsolicited advice. I also had a super high-risk pregnancy myself, almost dying. So I think it's important for us to talk through situations dealing with pregnancy and women's health so that you know what questions to ask your doctor and the warning signs you need to look out for. So if you just started listening, Go back and listen to all the episodes, especially seasons one and two, where I have very special expert guests who help me give you the advice that you asked for. But before we get into this episode, let me again wish all the dads and dads to be a happy belated Father's Day. We can't leave the dads out and hopefully your family celebrated you last weekend and allowed you to chill and relax. So this week, we're going to talk about back labor. And I know y'all are wondering, what is that? Which is why we're going to talk about it. So back labor is pain in your lower back during labor linked to the position of your baby's head. Now, typically, as babies come through the birth canal, their heads are in a what's called occiput anterior position, which means that they're looking straight down towards your butt. Okay. So babies are looking down. So once the head is down, they can either look up towards your, you know, belly button or your pelvis. They can look towards your back. They can look towards one side or the other. So if the baby is looking straight up, that is what we call occiput posterior, meaning the back of their head is towards your butt. If the occiput or the back of your head is down, this is your typical uh, position of the baby, okay? With back labor, they're looking straight up. So they're sunny side up or occiput posterior. So we don't want your baby laying head down, looking straight up. So it's sort of like laying on his back. Baby should be laying straight down, looking straight down. So if you're laying on the table, your head is up, your baby is head is down, but looking towards your butt, right? Almost like six to nine of the baby and the mom is how the baby is supposed to lay inside. 
Now, occiput posterior or the baby being sunny side up, this is an abnormal position and it can make going through the birth canal extremely painful. And that's going to be one of our main symptoms, unrelenting pain, especially when you're having contractions. So think about it. If the baby is looking towards your back or is sunny side down, then the smooth contour of the back of the head is what engages with the bony part of the pelvis. Now, mind you, the bony part of the pelvis is toward the front. So where you see the pubic bone, pubic hair, that's the bony side underneath there, all right? But if the head is, if the baby is looking straight up, when it goes to the birth canal, then the face and the chin can get stuck on the bony part of the pelvis. So it's not a smooth transition down, okay? And that is what causes harder labor. It's also what causes you to have impingement of those nerves that are in the birth canal causing pain. If the baby is stuck and can't transition down, you're having stronger and stronger and stronger contractions to try to move the baby down the birth canal, but those strong contractions still are not helpful. And the baby sort of stays stalled and stuck. So when we have babies that are in an occiput posterior position, remember they're sunny side up, then you are going to be in labor. You're going to be pushing for a minute and the baby is just can have the chin just hung up on the pelvic bone and won't descend down. Okay. So that is why we call that back labor. That is why it's so painful. And because of that, People do have a higher rate of needing a C-section and unsuccessful vaginal deliveries. Okay, so now that you know a little bit more about back labor, let's go to some cases and questions. Our first case is a 29-year-old who is 34 weeks pregnant with her second child. Besides being overweight, she has no medical problems. Her first pregnancy was a C-section. She stated that her cervix was completely dilated. After pushing for two and a half hours, her midwife recommended a C-section because she was having back labor and it would be hard for her to deliver the baby vaginally. The OBGYN that was on call then did a C-section. With this baby, she was referred to you for a recommendation on mode of delivery and whether a trial of labor was okay given her history. Let's go through her history a little bit more. So she's 29, 29 years old. She's 34 weeks pregnant, so in the late third trimester, and she had one C-section. Now, it did not tell me whether her C-section was full term or not, but given that they allowed her to push for two and a half hours and she was with a midwife, I assume that this was a low-risk pregnancy, which meant that this was a C-section at term because she just failed to dilate or Okay, she had back labor and the baby would not descend down into the pelvis. Now, usually with this type of C-section, this is called a low segment transverse C-section, or you see a side to side incision on the uterus. Now, we may confuse the side to side incision on the uterus with what's on the skin. You can have a side to side incision on the skin and still have a classical C-section. Okay, so let's not confuse that. But most C-sections that are full term are going to be side to side or what's called a low segment transverse C-section. 
that's important to know the type of C-section because if somebody wants to have a trial of labor after C-section and they've had a vertical incision on their uterus, not the skin, but on the uterus, that would mean that you cannot have a trial of labor after C-section because there'll be a 10% chance that that previous vertical scar on your uterus could burst open. Okay, that's called a uterine rupture. When you have a low segment transverse C-section or a side-to-side incision on the uterus, then that risk is about 0.9 to 1%. So you could or you could be a candidate for a trial of labor after C-section. So we have to know that information first. Now, because you have back labor, that meant the baby was laying sunny side up, right? The back of the head was uh, towards your butt. The baby was trying to come out face first, all right? Now, if you had back labor, that does not mean that you're at risk for back labor again, okay? Now, there are certain types of pelvis that put people at risk for having an occiput posterior baby or a baby that's going to lay face up or sunny side up. And those people with narrow pelvis, with a very narrow pelvis, have a higher risk of having breech babies. And they also have a higher risk of a baby laying face up and not being able to rotate itself naturally and descend out into the pelvis. Now, if you have a certain type of pelvis and your OBGYN says, hey, your pelvis is not adequate, that is your clue to say you're not a good candidate for a trial labor after C-section. But if nobody has told you that your pelvis, there's something wrong with the shape of your pelvis and you just so happen to have a baby that was occiput posterior or laying head down but sunny side up, then that means you can have a trial of labor after C-section. Now, with anybody that wants a trial of labor to deliver their next baby vaginally, there's a few things I would recommend. First thing is that we confirm the type of C-section. So like I said before, if you've had a classical C-section, which means that the incision on your uterus is an up and down incision, then the game is over. You should not have a trial of labor. You should not labor. You need a repeat C-section at 37 weeks, a little bit earlier. Two, we need to talk to your delivering provider to make sure that they actually do allow you to do a trial of labor after C-section. So in order for you to do a trial of labor, you have to, one, not have a lot of complications, okay? Two, not have any issues with bleeding or bleeding disorder. Three, your baby does have to be head down, and we want to make sure we check to make sure your baby is not sunny side up or occiput posterior. Four, there has to be an OBGYN in-house at all times that could do an urgent C-section, Next, you would also need to know that you can't be one of those people to labor in the tub or walk around and have a walking epidural. For people that have had a previous C-section, we want to make sure we continuously monitor the baby's heart rate because if the baby's heart rate happens to drop, that may mean that you have a uterine rupture or that previous incision comes open. If all of a sudden we can't find uh, the, we can't monitor the strength of the contractions that you're having then that could also mean that there's a sign of that previous incision coming open, which is called a uterine rupture. And that means that you need an urgent C-section because you can have a lot of problems with bleeding, and uh, which cause a lot of blood loss. So you urgently need to move to 
a repeat C-section. So once you're deemed a good candidate for a trial of labor after C-section, then you have the opportunity to say whether you want to take the risk of that 1% chance of uterine rupture or that pre-decision coming open or whether you agree that there's benefit in trying to deliver vaginally and going ahead and delivering vaginally. And I would add anybody that I allow for a trial of labor after C-section, I want them to come in in active labor. I want your cervix already dilating because there are certain medicines we cannot use in pregnancy when people have had a previous C-section. Like we can't use things called Cytotec or Cervidil. Those are very strong medicines that cause cervical ripening or thinning of your cervix. They're called prostaglandins. And we can't use those because those medicines have been well known to increase the risk of uterine rupture or that previous incision bursting open. And so we can't use those medicines. So because of that, we want you to come in already dilated. So past the point that we would even need to use your uh, use that to soften or start your cervix dilating. So those would be people that I would think are good candidates. Okay. Now back labor by itself does not mean you can't have a trial of labor, but if you have any of those things that I just named off that that you don't meet criteria for, then you should strongly consider just going ahead with the repc section. The case pearl for this case is a previous history of back labor is not a reason to avoid a trial of labor with subsequent pregnancies. All right, medical intern, what's our next case or question? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I just had a baby two weeks ago and my baby still has bruises on her face. I pushed for three hours with her before another high risk specialist came in to try to rotate my baby's head. I didn't know why this was needed because my baby was already head down. However, after delivering her vaginally, I noticed that her face was all bruised up. Over the past two weeks, this bruising has started to resolve. But should I be concerned about the trauma to her head? The good thing is that you are still able to deliver vaginally. And when we say, uh, uh, you know, the, the position of the baby's head, your baby has to be head down to deliver vaginally. Okay. In the States, according to the American College of OBGYNs, we do not allow people to intentionally labor a breech baby. Okay. So we already know that if you are allowed to deliver vaginally, the baby was head down. Okay. So with both of these positions, occiput anterior or posterior that I referenced before, the baby is head down. So the head is in the pelvis. The difference is whether or not the baby head delays laid on his back, meaning face up, okay? Meaning the baby's head is towards your butt and looking up at your pelvis. So the face is going toward the belly button, y'all, versus the back of the head at the belly button, meaning the baby laying face down. That's all I'm saying is that is the face looking up or the face looking down. But we already know the head itself is down. So if the baby's face is looking up, that's why the high risk specialist came in and tried to internally rotate the baby's head to the side so the baby can naturally rotate to a face down position or occiput anterior position so that the head can descend down into 
the birth canal. So that's why I know you're like, I don't know why they needed my baby was already head down. But yeah, your baby's head down, but face up. We're rotating the baby to for the face to face down. So baby looking at the inside of your butt, not at the inside of your bladder, if that makes sense. They rotated the baby. Because of that, the baby could descend down. But you got to remember, the baby probably had tried to descend down with the face behind the pelvic bone, behind the pubic symphysis. So there is some trauma and some bruising there because you got the whole face impacted by all the bony structures. So you're going to have some bruising there and the the chin could have got hung up there. You could have the eyes that, that get pressure on them there. I anticipate bruising of babies that are, you know, facing sunny side up or even face presentation where the neck is flexed and the baby's face is coming out at you as it's coming through the vagina. That can happen. That's a very hard position to deliver a baby in, but it does happen. That has a much higher rate of a baby needing a C-section than other positions, but babies can deliver vaginally with that. Now with that, yeah, we have bruises. And as long as cognitively the baby is acting normal, you should not be concerned. How do you tell cognition with a two-week-old baby, right? If the baby is crying when cold, crying when hungry, feeding every three to four hours like he or she should be, if the baby has normal reflexes, those are things they would check for in the nursery. But you can tell if your baby is, when you unwrap your baby, if your baby's acting cold, if your baby is, you know, crying, if your baby's consolable, All of those say, hey, this baby does not have any issues with brain damage. This baby is acting normal and age appropriate. Then you should not concern, be concerned. The bruising is very superficial, very superficial. We do expect this bruising to get lighter and lighter over the course of weeks and then completely resolve on its own with no intervention. You don't need to do anything. And mind you, at two weeks, your baby has seen the pediatrician at least twice in the hospital and they've seen the bruising. And most babies have their pediatrician's appointment the first week of life, right? The first seven to 10 days of life, this baby is going to check in with the pediatrician. So the pediatrician would have seen these bruises by now if the baby's only two weeks. And if there was issues with reflexes, which are checked at each one of the pediatric visits, then they would have said, hey, we need to bring this baby back a little sooner. Or, hey, let us send this baby to neurology so that neurology can check the baby out. I say all that to say, I believe that you can breathe. You can't control the position babies are trying to be in at the time of delivery, but it is very good that you were able to deliver vaginally because a lot of babies, you know, don't deliver vaginally with this type of presentation of the head. Additionally, let's talk about how long pushing would be. So if you did not have an epidural, then pushing right at three hours would be the normal allotted time for you to push. Yep, you heard it. You can push up to three hours with a, with your first baby and it still be considered normal, okay? Now, if you have an epidural, they'll let you push for an additional hour. If it's your first baby, they let you push for four whole hours before they say you failed to descend. As long as the baby's heart rate is completely normal, they will allow you to push for up to four hours if it's your first baby. If you have not had... Uh, if you haven't had epidural, 
it's up to three hours. So with an epidural for first babies, you push up to three hours. Without an epidural with your first baby, you push up to four. Now, if you've had a baby before, then with an epidural, they will allow you to push for three hours. Without an epidural, they'll allow you to push for two. Well, why is it, Dr. Pliny, that you get more time if you have not, if you've had an epidural? Because people can't feel the urge to push if they have an epidural sometimes, right? And there are people that are complete. I check their cervix. I'm like, oh, you complete? They're like, really? I didn't feel any pain at all, right? And so when it's time for them to push, they can't tell where to push. They can't feel our fingers exerting pressure behind the baby's head or in the vagina to say, push here. This is where the baby's head is. Push here, push the baby out. They don't have that sensation. Some people... And I will say it is a little cruel, slow the epidural down or, you know, pause the epidural just so moms can get that sensation, the pain sensation, which is really a sensation of pressure. And when you have that pressure, it's like a stimulant to the rectus to try to push, 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 right? That's why people that are constipated, they can stay on the toilet for hours trying to to have a bowel movement, right? Same situation. If you have something in the birth canal that's just sitting there, Naturally, your body is going to have the urge to push and push and push harder and harder and harder until you get the baby out. Okay. With an epidural, you can't feel that sensation. And because we have to sort of teach people where to push or how to push or find tricks to help moms push with more effort, we give you more time. Okay. So that's why there's a difference between times with and without uh, an epidural. Again, The bruising will resolve by itself. You don't have to call the doctor or go anywhere. As long as the baby is meeting normal milestones, no issue. If you see issues with feeding or the baby not meeting milestones, then yeah, then you need to bring it up, specifically bring it up at your next pediatrics appointment. All right, medical intern, do we have any emailed questions? Yes. This one says, Dr. Plenty, what's the difference between back labor and regular labor? Back labor is a kind of labor. You know, I don't, I, to me, regular labor, you know, it's all labor, right? But labor, like I said, in the normal position is probably what you mean. Normal position means the baby's looking face down with the head down, engaged in the pelvis, and the head can smoothly transition into the vagina and out. Okay. That is a regular labor. You have pain, contractions, intense contractions that last about one to two minutes, and then they subside. And then three to four minutes later, you have another contraction. Those are considered regular contraction. The pain subsides between contractions. I have people that are talking about shopping and that contraction comes, they have to, wait a minute, contractions coming, they have to, whoo, Breathe through the contraction, okay? With people that have back labor, because the baby is sunny side up, and a lot of times the chin and other bony structures in the face can get stuck behind the pubic symphysis or the, or, or the bone that makes up the pelvis. There's always pain. There's consistent pain even between contractions. And then with the contractions, the pain gets even more intense. So it's unrelenting pain. And that pain can be in your back, but it can also radiate around the front. So move towards the front of your belly as well. 
but it's it's more painful than normal contractions, okay, or back contractions. And again, unrelenting, and that's because the fetal head is in the wrong position. I hope that answers your question. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email questions? And she's shaking her head, no. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about back labor and why back labor occurs. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. You can also feel free to catch up on the YouTube channel for quick talks about pregnancy complications. Check out the website, drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And like I said earlier, for goodness sake, catch up on all three seasons of the podcast. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.